Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Coming up. I share tears for the families that don't have this resolution, that don't have the person that killed their child, or don't even have the body. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Thirty-year-old Crystal Mitchell was found dead in San Diego on the afternoon of June 10th, 2016. I was checking up on her that day. (laughs) She wasn't answering her texts. Investigators quickly honed in on Crystal's boyfriend, Raymond McLeod. And since that day, Crystal's mom, Josephine Winsel, has been working with U.S. Marshals to find McLeod. And I know that somebody or some people here in Phoenix, whether it's the family, friends, co-workers, know exactly where this man is. Just last week, the fugitive was captured in El Salvador after six years on the run. I knew it was coming. I was, uh, you know, I have been working with the U.S. Marshals uh, hand in hand for about six years now since my daughter was murdered. And it's just surreal that, you know, you're running after somebody after all these years and all of a sudden everything stops. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm joined by KFMB's Kelly Hesedal to talk about this case a little bit and the background on it. Kelly, before we get into the most recent developments in this case, what can you tell us about what happened to 30-year-old Crystal Mitchell back in June of 2016? So in 2016, in June, uh, Crystal Mitchell and her boyfriend at the time that she'd only been dating for a short period of time, uh, Raymond McLeod, came here to Phoenix to visit some friends uh, at an apartment. So the police and the prosecutors are saying that uh, they were out drinking at a bar At one point, uh, McLeod even slapped Mitchell, and there was a bystander that tried to intervene, so he ended up getting into a fight with that person. Um, The prosecutors say that uh, later that night, he was caught on surveillance cameras, actually putting his hand around her throat at the apartment complex and taking her into an elevator. Um, The friends that they had been visiting, it was one of the friends, uh, the male friend, that actually found her dead inside a bedroom. The murder was brutal. I mean, I had never heard of these graphic details before in the condition her body was found in, uh, but the prosecutors are saying, you know, she was badly beaten. Her face was badly beaten. There were bruises all over her body. Uh, there was blood just covering the lower part of her body. Um, there was blood in other parts of the apartment. So when police showed up, and found out that the last person to see her alive was McLeod, they immediately put him on, you know, their radar. But 
it turns out that he, that night then, or early in the morning, I'm not exactly sure the timeline and you know what time it was that he ended up leaving, but he rented a car then and drove down to Mexico and then just disappeared. So for six years, he was on the run. You know, there were sightings of him in Guatemala, in Belize, in, um, you know, he was caught in El Salvador teaching English to uh, kids in their 20s. And they said that they had gotten a tip from somebody that he was there. And it turned out he was using a fake name. I mean, this is a guy that's a former Marine. He was a bodybuilder or at least trying to be a bodybuilder. And so the U.S. Marshal's office said that he had basically put into Google like bodybuilders in Canada and came up with this guy named Jack Donovan, who was a real person, and decided to pretend because they kind of looked similar uh, that his name was Jack Donovan. So that was the name he was using. Uh, they said there was no ID on him when they found him. So they actually were able to get him out of El Salvador pretty easily and, and extradite him back to uh, San Diego. Uh, but they said he admitted who he was. Like he, uh, because he had no identification on him, he admitted who he was and, and admitted he was, you know, a U.S. citizen. So uh, he pled not guilty uh, to murdering his girlfriend. So for six years, he was on the run. And I know instrumental in the search, we've heard about her mother, who is, my understanding at one point, was in law enforcement. Is that right? Yes. Uh, she was a detective in Guam for a short period of time, is what she told me. Uh, but whatever training she got there, you know, helped her continue to try to track down the cloud. Like she was not giving up. I mean, she talked about calling the marshals in the middle of the night. She tracked down court records of, from him from every different state where, you know, he's accused of um, domestic violence. You know, this is a guy that she says has a history of domestic violence against women. Um, she wanted to get tips. So she was even getting tips from people from all over the world. I think she was even joining some kind of like international chat room type things to try to get leads on where he might be. I mean, she was not going to give up. I mean, the DA's office today said she was absolutely instrumental in making sure that he would be caught. And the fact that he was caught, they really said she deserves a lot of credit. And very understandably, she still gets emotional talking about her daughter who was only 30 years old, had two young children at the time of her death, right? Yeah, I mean, she does get emotional. But it's, it's interesting because I think because at the forefront of her mind for so long has been just finding him and bringing him to justice, that it's almost like I'm not even sure if she's processed how awful it has been to lose her daughter. I think that's sort of what motivated her probably to not break down and not really, you know, sit there and dwell on the fact that her daughter was killed and, and, and found in a, in a horrible condition. But, but yeah, I mean, when you, and granted I've interviewed her once now, but she, um, she really talks about her daughter in a way that you just, you kind of feel like, you know, this is a mom that would do anything for her children, obviously. I mean, she, she does feel a little bit bad that like for her own family and her own kids, cause she's got kids of her own too, that they feel like their life has been put on hold for six years while she was trying to track this guy down. And so you can imagine just the flood of relief and the emotions she had today in the courtroom, seeing him finally in handcuffs after she'd been working so hard for this day. I mean, it's pretty incredible. And so I feel an accomplishment for Crystal, for my daughter. 
she must be laughing in heaven and saying, right on, mom, you go on, mom. And that's been my motivation. It's justice for my daughter and my grandchildren. You mentioned a little bit about the many places that he had potentially been over the last six years. Have we heard much more about his life in in those years? It sounded like he was on the move quite a bit. Um, The U.S. Marshals Service did say today that he they believe he's been living in El Salvador for the past two and a half years. Uh, But we're talking about a guy who is covered in tattoos and he would wear sleeves all year round, they said, to cover up those tattoos. You know, his hair was pulled back. He was wearing a hat a lot of the time. And so, you know, you kind of wonder, like, how could somebody go unnoticed for two and a half years? Well, I mean, it just, I don't know, the thought of, like, trying to track someone down in another country that has different laws and that kind of thing. Like, I'm sure it's probably not that strange that it took this long. But um, the mom today, uh, Crystal's mom did say that there have been other accusations that have come out from other countries, tips that she's received, that he allegedly was involved in uh, the murder of this hostel worker or this hostel, the owner of a hostel. She says she'd received tips from people who had said they he had been beating other women while he was in Guatemala and while he was in Belize. I mean, none of those things have been confirmed, you know, by any agency or anything like that. But that is something that she said at the news conference today. You know, she kept talking about, you know, this is just a dangerous guy who likes to hurt people. I mean, she even talked about how he allegedly um, beat a dog to death who was living inside of a, a crate or a cage. I mean, it's just, it was, it's horrifying to to learn or hear about some of these things. So more allegations, more, more potential cases could be brought against him. But in the meantime, he's charged with murder and the death of this 30 year old mother who died six years ago. Right. And I mean, one, my colleague uh, did bring something up today at the news conference, um, you know, based on the arrest warrant that was released is there a possibility uh, he could be charged with a special circumstance, which would make him not eligible for parole and potentially eligible for the death penalty? Uh, because he said, you know, was there a rape that occurred, you know, based on the way they found her? I mean, they found Crystal just dressed in a bra and a bracelet. That was it. I mean, she was just covered in blood. And so um, the district attorney said, you know, we're talking with all the experts. She did say, however, when you got two people who've been in an intimate relationship, makes things a little bit harder, I would imagine, to try to prove something like that. You know, the medical examiner's office, and based on what's in the court documents, uh, she was badly hurt. Let's leave it at that, I suppose. Really tragic case. And the good news at this point is that a suspect is behind bars. And what's next for him, as far as we know, you, the, the arraignment is done. But uh, I assume there'll be more hearings and maybe a trial down the road. You said he pled not guilty. Right. Uh, so he has another uh, a court appearance, a readiness conference uh, scheduled for December. And then his preliminary hearing is scheduled for January. Um, you know, who knows if he's going to try to plead and not take it to trial. I mean, I think at this point it could go either way because honestly, you know, he's been on the run for so long. I mean, how do you explain why you've been on the run for as long as you have if, if you didn't do anything? So. You know, we'll have to see how it plays out. But yeah, the preliminary hearing is really where we would hear basically the blueprint the prosecution has for their case. So we can hear a lot more of these graphic details, I'm sure, at court. 
All right, Kelly Hasadala, KFMB in San Diego. Thanks for talking to us about this case. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for listening to The Daily Crime. If you haven't already, check out the newest podcast from Vault Studios. It's called Intent, the Tex MacGyver case, available wherever you listen to podcasts. For The Daily Crime, I'm Will Johnson. You know that science solves crimes. Forensic science is exciting, challenging, and most of all, rewarding work. But there is a shortage of qualified individuals in this field. Hi, I'm Terry with Loyola University, Maryland's Forensic Science Department. Loyola is one of the only colleges in the country offering advanced degrees in forensic pattern analysis and biological forensics. Our courses, taught by forensic experts, feature hands-on training and small class sizes. They are based on real crime scene and forensic examiner training programs to ensure you are ready to make a difference. Our programs are open to students from a variety of academic backgrounds because we believe everyone can contribute to solving crimes. So what are you waiting for? Discover the excitement of forensic science at Loyola University, Maryland. Visit loyola.edu forward slash forensic for more information. That's loyola.edu forward slash forensic because you are ready to make a difference. Join one of Loyola University, Maryland's forensic science programs today.